Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Steps up. Long look, and he's got Hilton for the touchdown! Hey everybody, welcome back to Oblivious Sports. I'm Rami Ale, he's Adam Calloway, and this is episode two of Oblivious Sports. First off, just wanted to give all of you that listened to our first episode and our introduction a big thank you. We really appreciate all the downloads on that. Uh, obviously, just starting out, it means a lot for anyone to be listening to it and uh, spreading the word as well all over social media. So just wanted to thank you guys again for that, and we're really excited to get into another episode. Yeah, uh, big shout out to you guys who did tune in and listen. We're excited to have all you guys back. And newcomers, thank you for joining us as well. Spread the word, talk about us. We're real small here getting started out. We just want to entertain you guys, have some fun, and hopefully, you know, bring a laugh or two to you guys. Maybe like, wow, that's a terrible take. There will be a lot of them coming from that side of the room here. Uh, Okay, on a shot's early. So, obviously, Super Bowl week. We're going to get into that a lot more in depth on our second episode this week as it gets a little closer, having uh, more of the players confirmed whether or not they're going to be in, that kind of thing. But we're going to have some fun with it this episode. Beforehand, I just want to say kind of quickly on uh, the NBA side of things, I think it's hilarious the way that the Nets ownership handled everything. They basically were like, yeah, we're perfectly fine trading you, Kyrie, but I know you want to go to L.A., so you're going anywhere but L.A. We're not listening to them at all. You're not going to play with LeBron. Yeah, you know, maybe that's how more sports team management should handle that, all the major sports leagues. If people want to come in, sign contracts, and then decide, well, you know, two years later, I don't want to play for this team anymore. Okay, we'll we'll oblige with that. We'll oblige with the trade. We'll get something back. But you want to go somewhere? That's dead. Yeah, the whole Kyrie and uh, KD era and Brooklyn has been nothing but a shit show for them. So all sorts of fun drama in the NBA. But for today, we have a couple of fun things that we're going to do. First off, in honor of the Andy Reid Bowl here, we're going to go off, talk about the best team that he could have had with Philly and the best team he could have had with Kansas City. Best players on both sides. Adam and I each took a side here. We're going to go through that. And then we'd love you guys to just kind of comment afterwards wherever you're seeing this and just let us know who you think was the better team there because he had a lot of talent on both sides there, offense, defense, and in Philly and in uh, Kansas City there. And then following that, we're going to have some fun. We are a week out of spring training now. So about to be building up on some baseball. So for that, we're going to have a little fun draft in the end here. We're going to pick our best at each position, and we're going to put together our starting nine with a DH and then our ace. And we're going to put those out. Just go one one v one draft here. And again, we'd just love you guys to comment and say which team you think is better. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and start pouring in. You know, Adam's side is better. Obviously, Ramey's got a little uh, some. He's got a little screws loose, but you know we won't judge him for that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But let's go ahead and get jumping right into the uh, the Andy Reid super teams here. Adam, you want to go offense, offense, or do you want to go offense, defense, and offense, defense? Let's see. Let's let's match them up here, offense against offense. All right, cool. Uh, real quick, though, I just want to talk about some Andy Reid uh, records overall real quick, just to put into perspective how good this guy is. 
With the Eagles, he went 130 and 93 overall. And with the Chiefs, he so far has gone 117 and 45 with two Super Bowl appearances and a Super Bowl win. I mean, the guy can just do it all, really. Yeah, he is a great coach, and he started out. Uh, he has another Super Bowl under his belt, just not as a head coach. He was with my Packers back in the 90s uh, before he took over in Philly there was with uh, Brett Favre when they beat the Patriots in the 90s. So it was a good time for him as well. But yeah, he's had a great career and it's he's dealt with some very good players. So the way that we handled this was we took and did for offense, we did a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end. For defense, we did two D-line, two linebackers, two defensive backs. And we based it more on who would you who do you think is going to get you the most wins during that tenure so someone that didn't play with him as long as uh others did kind of took that into effect as well so for instance we'll go ahead and jump right into my offense here for philly during the time he was there which was 99 all the way through i believe it was 2012 was when he left there yeah 2012 i went with McNabb as my quarterback and obviously vic had some very good years, but he only had three years there. McNabb played 10 years there, got them to the Super Bowl, and really with very little talent around him for the majority of the time, just really, really played well. And him and Andy Reid had a good connection there, I believe, with their play calling and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, McNabb, Vic, you can go either way. I respect the McNabb pick there, obviously, to the Super Bowl. Mike Vick probably one of if not the most electrifying players but who's going to get you those wins was McNabb yeah absolutely Vic was amazing um as a player we'll uh disregard the the person stuff but uh as a player very good but I I I had to go with McNabb there just for the tenure that he had as far as my running back one it had to be Brian Westbrook uh he really could have been my my running back one and my wide receiver one if I wanted him to be he was such a dual threat for him he was with him for seven years so he was there for a long time was with them when they went to the Super Bowl he was by far the best running back that he had while he was in Philly with my halfback two I ended up going with his uh the next running back up there in LaShawn McCoy he was there with him the first three years that LaShawn McCoy was in the league, uh, the last three that Andy Reid was in Philly. But even during those years, he was very, very good. The amount of yards that he was putting up during his first few years in the in the uh, league there, especially with Michael Vick as, the running, as basically a running back as well, was nothing short of amazing for him. Yeah, absolutely. You can't go wrong with Brian Westbrook. I mean, dude's amazing. Uh, so was Shady. I mean, great running back. One of our one of the better running backs from our generation. Although he may have one of the more unorthodox ball carrying methods, as he likes to just grip it with one hand and see where he can go. Yeah, he was a crazy man. I don't know how he didn't have more fumbles. I don't know. Fast as can be, though. Now, wide receiver side, it was a little more difficult for me. Those were the clear running back picks during Andy Reid's tenure in Philly. For the wide receiver side, I ended up going with Deshaun Jackson as my wide receiver one. He had four years under his uh under his belt with Andy Reid and very clear cut the best receiver on his team during that time. Uh, my wide receiver two, though, I ended up going with T.O. And I know he was only with him for a year there, but first off, there really weren't a whole lot of uh, wide receivers that he had during that time. That's why I give so much credit to McNabb. Just he didn't have a lot of weapons to really go with. 
but even one year of to during that prime like it he had to be on the list i gave deshaun the wide receiver one just because he had more years there ended up getting him a few more wins but to being there was just the dude was so freaking good yeah i mean to one of the best receivers of all time can't go wrong with picking him yeah and then again very few uh offensive weapons on the receiving side but i went with lj smith for those of you that remember him he started off very strong for philly and then fell off with some injuries ended up uh going to i believe it was baltimore near the end of his career and just the injuries uh, took his career and just took it off the rails but when he was there he was very good he caught the first touchdown in the super bowl when they almost beat new england for the uh for the sole super bowl appearance that andy reed had in philly and he put up some really good numbers early on. And then, like I said, injuries just kind of derailed his career, but definitely the tight end choice for Philly. Yeah, definitely a reliable guy. Yeah. Um, on to the all-time Chiefs, Andy Reid side here on the offense. I mean, at quarterback, it's really a no-brainer. Alex Smith, I mean, come on now. <laughs> Obviously, I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith, I mean, I'll give it to him. Dude's one heck of a player. I mean, I respect the heck out of him. Uh, Whether or not he's a game manager, I'm not going to get into that. But one heck of a player uh, regardless. But Patrick Mahomes, I mean, come on now. That's that's easy to choose. About to win his second MVP here in like a week, I think. Uh, Third Super Bowl appearance. Uh, Could be his second win. I mean, we're talking about a guy with a great legacy already. I mean, he just slings it, makes immaculate plays. Look at him now going on one leg right now. I mean, it's just insane. Buddy's buddy's different. Patrick Mahomes is going to be this generation's Aaron Rodgers. Before that, it would be Peyton and Brady. The dude is just so talented. He... He's basically the combination of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady for me, uh, just in the way that he can win and he has all the talent in the world. He, like you said, he's going out there on one leg right now and he's still just absolutely killing it. Obviously, he has some very good weapons around him, but best quarterback in the league right now and probably will be for quite some time. Yeah, not arguing with you there. Uh, running back one, I went with Jamal Charles here, one of my all-time favorite running backs. Dude was a fantasy monster. When healthy, I mean, you could almost get a touchdown out of him every play, whether he's catching the ball, running it, does not matter. Jamal Charles was that man. Sadly, tore his ACL, tried to come back from it, wasn't the same guy. I mean, not everybody's Adrian Peterson can come back from multiple ACL tears. Yeah, I mean, the way that he even tried to come back, most running backs don't have a very long career in the NFL at this point. Anyways, he gave it his best shot, but when he was healthy before that, he was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine him and Mahomes on the same team right now? That'd be... I would cry thinking about my team having to play them. I would go to sleep and I'd have nightmares. Uh, Running back two is more of a... What could have been running back could have put him at the kicker spot too. Kareem Hunt. I mean, Buddy's just he was really good coming out of Toledo, fourth round pick, had some injuries to the running backs on the roster, kind of uh shot him right up there. And I mean, he just 
he was really good that year. I mean, he kicked the league's butt. Yeah, I mean, kicked it real well. He was he was really well. Uh, it's just sad that things transpired the way they did. He's obviously in Cleveland now. Wanted to get out of Cleveland. Probably going to leave him for agency this year. But while he was with the Chiefs, very good. Yeah, it's another one of those what could have been. Um, obviously, a little bit different from my LJ Smith pick, but still where it was just they started off really good and then just career went off the rails. I could see him being maybe a running back two on another team at this point, but I don't see him ever really getting back to a uh, – he could be a solid player, but I don't think he's ever going to be good or great again for anybody. But when he was on early in his career, he was very, very good. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be that bell cow back anymore. I don't think you can expect that out of him. But, I mean, 15 touches game, he, he'll give you good production. Yeah, for uh, sure. My wide receiver one, I went with Tyreek Hill, Cheetah. I mean, he is so fast, can take the top off of any defense, pass to him short, doesn't matter, yards after catch. He is one of, if not the fastest players I've watched. He is a... Uh, an elite wide receiver. I mean, if you watch him against Buffalo last year in the playoffs, uh, caught like a 15-yard pass, took it all the way. He is very good, has done great things in Miami so far, pairing him up with Jalen Waddell. Very good receiver. The, I would say he – combining that speed with the skill that he has after the catch is just unbelievable. The most recent experience I really have watching him was when he just – torch the Packers this year when we played in Miami uh, he he's a game changer for whatever team he's on Patrick Mahomes with the arm that he has pairing it up with Tyreek Hill was just unbelievable I mean Mahomes is still doing it without him but having him there it was a unbelievable quarterback wide receiver duo yeah uh wide receiver too there's a couple of guys that could have gone here I was looking at Dwayne Bowe possibly McCole Hardman but I ended up going with Jeremy Macklin he also played in Philly um, in 2013, I want to say. He put up 87 catches for 1,088 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty good production out of a wide receiver, too. Uh, good receiver overall. We don't even need to talk about the tight end side. I clearly have the edge in Philly, so I think we can just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, the guy I, I was going to bring into this, I mean, it, it was a throw up for me, really. I didn't know who I was going to go with. I was thinking maybe I could put Anthony Sherman. I know he's a fullback, but switch him over to the tight end side. Uh, but the guy I ended up going with was Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's the best I got over here. Yeah, I mean, he's he's okay, I guess. He, eh, he may crack the top 10 in tight ends in the league. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. But on a real note, Travis Kelsey, otherworldly. He is top-notch, has always been, came out of nowhere. But he is just insane. He He's will – I I believe it's going to be a good game, obviously, the Super Bowl, and we're getting a little early here. But I firmly believe that Travis Kelsey will be the reason that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Mostly because it doesn't really matter what kind of trouble Mahomes gets into behind the line. It doesn't matter if his receivers get open. Nothing really matters when Kelsey's on the field because he can literally just 
throw it up. He could be double covered. He's going to have a shot at catching it. He could juke around. He's a mismatch nightmare. He could be the best tight end ever when it's all said and done. It's going to be between him and a few other people, but he he is a mismatch nightmare, and he could very easily be the reason Mahomes has a second ring this year. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy you could throw out to the wide side. He's a guy you can bring in close, put him in the slot. He's a good blocker. Uh, yards after catch, he's insane. Uh, I do think he's going to finish up there. One of the best tight ends ever up there with Gronkowski and Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, we'll get a little more into it when we're all said and done here, which team is going to win. But the uh, the Chiefs have a little bit of an edge on the uh, on the offensive side. I think it could be more of a toss-up on the defensive side, but we'll, we'll get into that. Do you want to go first with your Eagles defense, or do you want me to go first on the Chiefs side? Uh, I'll just finish mine off here. Uh, pass rusher, my first one here, I went Trent Cole. He was not always, you know, that elite person. He's not uh, he's not a Fletcher Cox kind of player, but he is that guy that's going to give you consistent pass rush. Uh, wasn't a, was a pro bowler, very good pass rusher. He was on the Colts for like three games, though. Uh, my second pass rusher, Hugh Douglas. He was always in the backfield, an insane defensive tackle. Uh, big guy could always bring you that pressure up front. Linebacker one, I went with Jeremiah Trotter, one of the better linebackers the Eagles have ever seen. I would put him probably in that top five. Uh, good pass coverage skills, good against the run. He's more your prototypical linebacker that you would see these days. Linebacker two, a uh, guy that's gotten a lot of recognition here lately is D'Amico Ryans. He was actually traded to the Eagles in Andy Reid's last season. Tackling machine. Everybody knows who D'Amico Ryans is. Heck of a coach in San Francisco. He's hoping to do the same thing in Houston. Very good guy. Uh, defensive back number one, I got Weapon X and Brian Dawkins. That man would bring the power every night. I would be shitting my pants if I had to play on offense against that man. I would not ever want to run a route with him over the top. I mean, I'm I'm sitting that game out, Coach. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'll see you guys at the end. The dude was – oh, he was unbelievable, man. And he – yeah, he brings nightmares to any wide receiver that had to try to get open on against him. Yeah, and when you're going over the top kind of catch and you're about to make that catch, you always got to look around. You never know where Weapon X is at. Defensive back two, I have Asante Samuel, one of the better coverage cornerbacks the Eagles have ever seen. I was debating on Nambi Asunwa, but he uh, kind of felt it out at the end for the Eagles. He was a great cornerback on the Raiders, but I had to ultimately go with Asante Samuel here. Such a cool name, though. He's got to get some recognition for that. Absolutely. All right, so I took the Chiefs defense. My first person on my defensive line had to be Chris Jones 100% had to be him the dude has been a menace since he got there and hasn't slowed down at all he he's unbelievable the way that he can get after the quarterback the way he can stop the run such a talent and again he'll be one of the main reasons that the Chiefs are very competitive in this game uh my second one here I almost forgot about this man honestly and I don't know how it was Tom Bahali. 
Um, obviously he had a very long career in Kansas city, but he was still with Andy Reid for four years after Andy Reid got there. Uh, so it wasn't the peak of his career, but even so he was still very, very good back there. Uh, him and Chris Jones ended up being on the same team for a year or two there where they got to just get after the quarterback. Like it was nothing. Um, obviously very good part of his career was beforehand, but even so I still got to give it to him. He was a menace. Yeah, and uh, I just want to touch on that Chris Jones thing. As much as the Chiefs have been in the playoffs recently, Chris Jones just got his first two sacks the other night against uh, Cincinnati. That's crazy to think. Yeah, two first postseason sacks, which I really thought was very weird considering how much of a dominant force Chris Jones really is. Yeah, I I almost feel like it's got to be that effect of they're they're doubling him. They've got to be and just letting other people try to get there. Because if you're going single coverage against him, he's getting to you, 100%. Yeah. So linebackers, this is where I think I have the most dominant part of the teams that I put together. Uh, Derek Johnson's my linebacker one. The dude was unbelievable. And again, it was kind of a guy like Tom Bahali, where he had a very good portion of his career before Andy Reid got there. But even so, was still just a terror. Could get after the quarterback. He could get back and defend. He was just everywhere. Definitely one of the best linebackers we've seen in our lives and maybe one of the best defensive players in Chiefs history. Yeah, if Ray Lewis wasn't playing in the league and overshadowing the inside linebacker spot, I think Derek Johnson would have got more recognition there. Uh, Great player, all-pro caliber player every year. Amazing dude. Was always getting everywhere on the field, sideline to sideline. Yeah, he was a again, he was a menace everywhere. Uh, my linebacker too, Justin Houston. I mean, this guy was prime during Andy Reid as well. So he again just got after the quarterback like no one else. He he could get through anybody. Doesn't matter who you pair him up against, he's gonna be able to swim by a power by a something. He again that that combination, and they were on the field together too. They were both there when Andy Reid started. And I believe, yeah, Derek Johnson left in 17, Houston left in 18. They were out there just dominating everything for years. Yeah, Justin Houston was getting after quarterbacks. Uh, I remember not too long ago, he was getting close to breaking my Michael Strahan's record of 22 and a half sacks. I mean, you think about that, dude's crazy. I think he's got 140, 150 sacks in his career. Uh, hell of a career, was playing in Baltimore. I mean, dude's been a great pass rusher even when he's old. Played on the Colts for a while, put up like 10 sacks there. I mean, he's great even in these old ages. Absolutely. So defensive backs, I ended up going with Eric Berry as my defensive back one. He had more time there than any of the other guys that I was considering. He played with him from 13 to 18, and he, he was all over the field. And man is just a true competitor. He grinds through anything that's going on. And he he was my clear-cut cornerback one there, just with everything that he did on the field and the way that he got back after all of his off-the-field stuff. Uh, Just a true competitor all around. With my defensive back two, I ended up going to Tyron Matthew. He only had a couple years with him, but during the time that he was there, the dude was unbelievable. He, again, was just all over the field, and it was kind of like that Weapon X, just not to the same degree where you had to watch where you were throwing. He could come out of nowhere and just he was a menace to all the receivers that were around during that time as well yeah I want to talk on that uh, Eric Berry subject there 
I want to say he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. uh, came back from that. That's one hell of an accomplishment. It doesn't matter what you do on the field as much as coming back from that. I remember him coming back. Uh, Kansas City crowd was going nuts at Arrowhead Stadium. He is just one hell of a competitor, like you said. Yeah, the dude was amazing, and I believe he got Comeback Player of the Year when he came back. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he did. Uh, just just a hell of a guy and a hell of a player. Yeah, so, absolutely. All in all, I think Andy Reid's Chiefs team would, uh, would take the cake. They just have some unbelievable players on both sides of the ball. The Eagles have some uh some secret or a sneaky little success there though. They've got some good quarterbacks, they've got really good receivers. Um and obviously their defensive backs are out of this world. So it could be a little closer than you think, but we will leave that up to everyone else. We'll put that out there. Uh we'd love for you guys to just kind of comment, let us know what you think, who's going to win that. Yeah, throw some suggestions on who we missed out. Uh, why you guys think we missed out if you like our picks what team you think would win just let us know on that all right so now it's time for our second little part here we're gonna do a uh, player draft and again just kind of off the top here or like we said off the top here we're gonna do our ace and then we're gonna do our starting nine including the dh so we're gonna just go back and forth each of us are gonna pick a player and we're gonna go all the way through and we're gonna put the lineups out and to see what everyone thinks, see who drafts the better team here. Uh, we're going to let Adam go first here just to start it off. Yeah, and this draft is assuming everyone stays healthy the entire time. If we would have included some health issues in there prior seasons, uh, how how many games they get per season, what they're averaging over the past couple of years, this obviously would have been different. But uh, my number one pick, still the number one guy in the league. I'm going with Mike Trout here got to knock them off the board for me i get it i get it uh the other thing that we did say here is we're not taking otani unless we're counting just one position here because we're trying to do the best at each position obviously if you're taking a draft of just one player otani is far and beyond the number one pick dude is just unbelievable but yeah you got to go with trout assuming a full season of health trout could put up 50 plus bombs he averages a thousand ops for his career so you're getting at least that uh stellar defense as well no matter what the defensive metrics say on him the dude's got just unbelievable defense as well he's got to be the clear-cut pick uh just so you can't get it then i'm also going to go to the outfield here and i've got to pick aaron judge with my pick then he assuming another full healthy season he's gonna put up ridiculous numbers as well the only thing i'll say is he's probably gonna have way less homers and way more walks because the league's not afraid of anyone else in the Yankees lineup after the way they performed in the second half last year. But even so, you're probably talking a 400-plus on base percentage with 40-plus bombs and stellar defense out there. He's got to be the next pick. Yeah, but he's got a cannon, an absolute cannon. He's, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, I mean, that already gives you some advantage out there. Man uh, is massive. With my second pick, I thought for sure you were going to pick this guy seeing as how I thought it was going to go maybe hitter than pitcher, but I'm taking a DeGrom here. I was debating it. The only reason I didn't take him off the top is just because pitching wise, there's two or three guys that I'm really considering at that spot. So uh, I just figured, you know, I can, I can avoid him for now. 
uh, and go after some positions that I really want to make sure I get my top guy at, which is actually why I'm going to go with JT Real Muto with my next pick. He, as far as a catcher goes, there's some guys that are trying to catch up to him. But with the way that he is good on offense and defense, he can steal. He's going to get you 20-plus bombs. He has uh, the best pop time in the league, I believe. If not, he's at least 100th percentile. He's right there with everyone else. You get hitting, you get defense, which you don't get much with the catcher position as is, but then you get speed in there as well. You can't beat him at the catcher position at this point. So he had to be my next pick because I don't think any other catchers come close to him. Well, I think you're a little uh, lopsided on no catchers come close to him, but uh, I'll let you I'll let you be delusional for now and let you reach on JT Romuto right there, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Julio Rodriguez as my next pick here. Really? Okay. I... Yeah, I think uh, his defense, his speed, his hitting. Uh, I think he's gonna take the league by storm next year. I know he had a great rookie year, but he is going to absolutely go off for me. There's this thing called a sophomore slump. I don't know, man. I No, he's going to be unbelievable. He is a, he's up there for sure. He wouldn't have been my next outfielder, but I respect the pick 100%. He is unbelievable, very well-rounded player. Um, yeah, I absolutely get the pick. With my next pick... Oh, it's tough. I have all my players here, but I don't know which ones I want to make sure you don't get here. I am going to go next with another outfielder. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. I had to take him off the board from you. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to get him if I waited much longer. The dude is still one of the best players in the league if not a top five outfielder in the league he has some versatility for me as well if i ever put together a bowling team he's going to be my star he he is a all around just one of the best players in baseball and i feel like being in la with all the other talent there he's kind of gotten over shown a little bit just because there's so many stars there but now with trey turner being gone um, I, I think Mookie Betts is going to definitely show as their superstar. And if you're the superstar in LA, you've got to be on the list high up. Yeah, obviously that hurts me as a Red Sox fan. I still have tons of love for Mookie. He's already came out and said if they would have offered him the same contract that the uh, Dodgers did, he would have stayed and signed. But obviously, we obviously know Fenway Sports Group, uh, they're a little more preoccupied with buying an expansion team in the MLS or NHL rather than investing here in the Red Sox. I mean, what they're named after, who would who would do that? Yeah, I mean, I I think they're just a little more preoccupied with bringing in the uh, the outside talent. I don't know. I think Trevor Story was money a little better well spent for them, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Trevor Story, obviously, you know, uh, up there in that same category as Mookie Betts, top five player. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He was the no, next pick. No denying it. <laughs> uh, with my next pick here, I thought for sure you were going to take this guy, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and snag him, seeing as how this is presumed healthy season. Give me my last outfielder of Ronald Acuna. That was my other pick there. I almost went to him. 
I just don't know. Obviously, we're assuming health, but we don't know how good he's going to end up being after recovering from that huge injury. I mean, some people never come back fully from it. He obviously had a little bit of a down year last year. I fully think he's going to be a top five outfielder again in the league, but uh, just Mookie's just unbelievable. He was just a little above him on that list for me. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, As much as I love Acuna and Mookie, I think Mookie gives you that edge in defense as well. And uh, I think Mookie's going to be that locker room leader. Not saying that Acuna isn't that guy. I just think Mookie is definitely that kind of guy. Well, now that you've taken all your outfielders, I can sit here on those for a minute. With my next pick... I'm going to go ahead and take my shortstop and I'm going with Trey Turner. I, it was a toss up for me there. Honestly, the rest of the positions I'm perfectly fine with my number one or my number two pick. Uh, I think with Trey, you get a little bit less defense than my other pick there, but the way with how fast he is, and we're talking just this season, we're not talking in the future. I think he's going to have some issues later on just because a lot of his game is built on speed, but we've seen the, the slides he can make. Uh, we've seen obviously the bat he puts together hit streaks, like pretty much no one else in the league does. He's got that pop as well. I fully think that he's going to be just a super, superstar, superstar in Philly. I think it's going to help them so much there. He had to be my, my top shortstop. Absolutely. He was my top shortstop as well. Uh, Buddy's insane. I can't believe the Dodgers got him and Scherzer in the same trade. They are fleecing other teams like the Braves fleece their players and signing contracts. Bringing that up, can we just talk about how good that Nats team could have been if they would have just paid all their players? Oh, my God. If Rendon stays healthy, Harper, uh, Zimmerman's probably not retiring yet. You got Scherzer. I mean... Got a command. So many players. Oh my god! Yeah, that team was unbelievable. Obviously, they just didn't put it all together and keep it there. And uh, (laughs) now they don't even have Juan Soto. So that yeah, team went downhill a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But they they just won recently, so I don't think they're too worried about that. They can come back and you know shine in everybody's face. Say, hey, at least we won something recently. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick my DH here. As much as I want to pick Jordan, uh, this is a guy that I don't think should be playing defense, and I think he should be a DH, and that is a person you just brought up in Juan Soto. Ooh, that that hurts me a little bit. That hurts me a little bit. That was going to be my next outfielder, to be honest. I wanted him to be a DH, but uh, I yeah. That that's fair though. Soto has like zero percentile and all of his outs above average. Like he he's unbelievable. I actually wrote down a couple stats on him too. The last year was pretty much his consensus worst year in the league. And worst year in the league, he still had an 853 OPS. He still had a 99% XWOBA, which basically means he was on base or expected to be on base, like above anybody else in the league and he had 100% baseball or uh pace on balls percentage as well so even in his worst year the man was still an on-base threat like no other can't hit worth anything or can't field worth anything but just probably the best overall hitter in baseball still yeah I think it's kind of like that Mookie Betts effect where you have a 
a down year and everybody's like, well, you know, how good are they really? Well, take a closer look at how good they are really. I mean, a down year for them is a career year for most any other players. Yeah, the man was just, yeah, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, there's only a couple other positions that neither one of us have taken someone at here, so I'm going to knock out one of those. I'm going to go ahead and take my man Paul Goldschmidt at first base. He is the clear-cut number one for me. There's obviously another guy that is pretty close, but with the season that he put up last year, he he was the MVP, obviously. Beth, I have both MVPs on my team now. He was all over the ball. If he didn't have a bad last month of the year, that man had a shot at the Triple Crown. And I see no reason for him to slow down this next year. He has Wilson Contreras to back him up now as well in the lineup more than just Arenado. So I see him getting even more pitches to hit. And he's a great fielder at first as well, which a lot of those big power guys aren't very good at first base. Yeah, Goldschmidt's been killing the league for I don't even know how long now. On the Diamondbacks, he was consistently a, a top five player. He is phenomenal, has been, will continue to be. Uh, great in a Cardinals uniform. I still think Arenado is going to come back and show everybody who the uh, franchise player is, though, but that's just me. Yeah, I think that Arenado will probably have a better season than Goldschmidt has this next year overall. I, I think he's got a shot at the MVP, especially the way that uh, MLB Network broke down their top 10. I think he's going to take that and uh, take it a little personal. Arenado seems like the type of guy that will get fire under, his, under him just from what people say. So I could see that as well. But at first base, I don't think anyone comes close to what Goldie can bring you right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to each their own, I guess, you know, I'm never going to lean on the side of a Cardinals player. You know, this. Yeah. 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 I mean, but let's, uh, let's get on to this next pick here. Seeing as how you took first base, I don't have to make that a priority right now. So let's go ahead and get that other corner off here and let me go ahead and take Jose Ramirez. That'll make my decision a lot easier at the hot corner. Uh, <clears throat> Jose Ramirez is unbelievable. He had a down year last year for his standards and he still put up a six war. He had like an 869 OPS, I believe is what it was. He is unbelievable and if he was playing at the top of his game last year the guardians would have won even more games than they did they're in a very good spot with that superstar that took less money to stay in cleveland which i don't know uh, i don't think i've ever seen anyone stay in cleveland for less money but he he is unbelievable so the last position that neither of us have taken then i've got to go second base and as much as it kills me Altuve is still the number one second baseman in the league, and he's got to be my pick. I don't love the pick by any means. Honestly, I was kind of hoping that you would go to him before I did so that I could take my second guy, but he's still the best second baseman in the league. He had a rough postseason, but he can still get on base like no other. He's got a lot of pop for a short little guy. Um, and even after the uh, the scandals in Houston, the trash throws, he's still been a very good player. I I definitely see him having an even better season this upcoming year. So he he had to be the pick there, 
Yeah, I absolutely think that's who you had to go with there, although I'm glad you took him because I definitely did not want to take him. Yeah, I really didn't want to go that route. I hate having him on my team, but the stats speak for themselves. He's going to be the best second baseman in the league again this upcoming year. He, he had to be the pick. Yeah, I don't know about best second baseman upcoming, but but uh, it is whatever. Whatever, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick my other corner here, and I'm going to go with uh, Vladdy at first base. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was debating on Freeman, um, but I decided not to pick him. I'm going to go with Vladdy just because he's young. Uh, When he's on, he is on. He's going to give me 40-plus homers. I mean, Buddy is really good. Blue Jays are good. They're going to be good again. He's just my guy. I got to go with him. If Otani wasn't in the league, Vladdy would already have an MVP under his belt. He's very, very good. I would have personally gone with Freddie Freeman there. I think that he, even in his first year in L.A., still dominated. I see no reason that he won't be even better, and he's just a hit machine. I would have gone with him, but I respect the Vladdy pick. He would have been my next pick after Freeman. With my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and knock out my hot, uh, my hot corner here, and I'm going to go ahead and lock in the Cardinals duo at that point. I'm going to go with Arnado. And I know that that leaves Machado off the board. I don't really care. Um, Machado is unbelievable. He may have a better offensive season than Arenado this upcoming year, but Arenado speaks for himself. He's never lost the gold glove. He probably should have last year, but that doesn't really matter. For this argument, he won it. Uh, He's unbelievable. And like you said, I think he's going to take back over that top spot on my Cardinals. I think that... He's going to come in with a vengeance. And even though his counterpart on the team was the one that took the MVP, I think he's going to take second place personally. He works out like crazy. Uh, There's been videos all offseason of him just grinding. And I see no reason that he won't play even better than he did last year. I think that he has more protection behind him this year in Contreras, and it's going to make him play that much better. I think that he'll have a better overall season than Machado. I had to go with him. Yeah, you know, real big shocker there. You picking both the Cardinals. I wouldn't expect anything less. I'm surprised you didn't take Jordan Walker's yeah, third outfielder. Hey, I haven't taken my third outfielder. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm (laughs) waiting on you to pick him there. Uh, Not as much Machado. I'm surprised about you taking him over, but uh, Rafael Devers still there. Obviously, Obviously, the experts know what they're talking about. Fourth best third baseman, one spot above Arnauto heading into the year. Okay, so we're saying that Austin Riley is better than Rafael Devers then too, right? Some of the experts are a little bit delusional, <laughs> yes. But they got it right on the Rafael Devers over Arnauto part. Sure they did. Uh, let's move on to my catcher spot. The guy that I think is the best catcher in the league will be for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, best prospect in the past couple of years. I hate that he is in my division but Adley Rushman is who I'm going with at the catcher spot. I truly believe he will be the best catcher. I think we talked about that in the first episode as well. I think he will be the best catcher in the league for years to come. I don't think he brings all three elements like JT does yet, and I see JT just being on a super team. He's going to have a ridiculous year. I think he's going to be a little bit better, but Adley would have been my second catcher, 100%. He's... 
going to be even better than he was last year. He didn't even get a full year last year and still almost won rookie of the year if freaking Julio Rodriguez didn't play out of his mind. Yeah, Adley Rushman is on that fun and young Orioles team that's uh, kind of been built up. Obviously, there's not a lot of money being spent there, so it's guys that have come together, have been together, uh, young guys coming up, and I think he is the head of that group, and he's uh, going to be a great locker room presence for the years to come as well. Yeah, I think he's going to be a great locker room presence for them. Um, I I wonder when they're going to go ahead and lock in that extension. I think they need to do it sooner rather than later, or they're going to be out or outpriced on their own man, and he's going to go somewhere else. Uh, because Baltimore clearly is not willing to spend money. So they're going to need to lock him up soon for a long-term contract if they want to keep him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and lock in my final outfielder here. He made it a little more difficult for me because I was hoping I could lock in Soto there. But I'm going to go ahead and put Harper in my outfield. The man is just unbelievable. He basically willed the Phillies all the way to the World Series. He did it with a torn, I believe it was UCL is what he had torn. He's going to miss the beginning of this upcoming season, but we're assuming health. So that means I can put him back in the field. And when he's in the field, he is at least average out there, if not a little bit above average. And he's going to bring me 40 plus bombs with close to a 300 average, close to a 400 on base percentage, a thousand OPS. The dude is He's ridiculous, and if he wasn't just DHing last year, I mean, he could have won another MVP if he played all year. Yeah, folks, not a lot to believe here in this uh, podcast with the way we've done around Unbelievable. Obviously, these players are, as we've said multiple times, unbelievable. So what happens when you put together a draft of literally just the top two at every position, because some of them, there's not a whole lot of argument, but really there's two or three at every position that are really just unbelievable. They're top tier for a reason. All of these guys, you could, you could pick any of these players and you're not wrong to be honest. Yeah. Especially outfield. I mean, if you're interchanging what position they're playing, you got three positions and as it's always been outfield reigns supreme. Yeah, that ends up making my outfield Judge, Mookie, and Harper versus your Trout, Julio, and Acuna. Whoa, that's really, really, like, that's six outfielders, and you can interchange pretty much any of them. Yeah, yeah, you can. And uh, I'm going to go ahead here and uh, take my shortstop, and I'm going to cry as I take this pick. It is paining me on the inside to say his name. I am still thinking about it to this day, and my shorts up is Xander Bogarts, RIP. There's a little bit of bias coming at you, too. I mean, he he's good. He's very, very good. But you're taking a you're taking basically the Juan Soto of the shortstop world. He got a little better last year, but the man still can't field. And honestly, I don't think offensively he was your next best pick either. Uh, Bogarts is just that guy for me. I know Tatis is still up there. I'm aware of everybody who is there. I just think Xander is that guy. He had a down year for his standards again, but he's been consistent consensusly a top five shortstop over the past five years. He's he's like the ultimate consistent player. I personally, I was leaning towards Lindor 
to be 100% honest. Correa was on my list too. Lindor probably would have been my second shortstop though. He's maybe out of all those top superstars, the best fielding of all of them. And even in a down year last year, still had almost like an 800 OPS with like 25 bombs. So he he might have been my next pick on that one. Yeah, uh, Correa could have been a pick, especially since we are um, big assuming health there with all the failed physicals that man has gone and the quote-unquote uh, consistent... I keep going to the word consensus. Uh, quote-unquote mutual decision to leave the World Baseball Classic, although we, uh, we know that's more on the Twins' side because everyone is scared of um, that injury that made two teams, including Stephen Cohen, back out of signing that man. Yeah, you get Stephen Cohen to back out on a on a deal then there might be something seriously wrong there that'll be determined probably six or seven years from now but yeah a lot of people are uh, backing out of the world baseball classic right now too which we'll see a lot more of over these next few days i believe the rosters get finalized here on the ninth so that'll be fun to talk about as well but yeah a lot of people backing out of it um with my next pick here i'm gonna go ahead and lock in my dh i can't believe you didn't take him to be honest i i gotta go with yordan the man has one of the highest OPSs ever and his first however many seasons through his age 26 season he's like top five all time in OPS last year the only person in the league that had a higher WRC plus than him was Aaron Judge uh he hit a piss missile in the World Series to basically lock it up the guy, I don't see him slowing down at all. And again, he's kind of like that Soto spot for you. I didn't want to put him in the field. I would have if I had to. But now I get to lock him in as my DH. And I think that's the best DH you could really get. Yeah, there is no denying the talent there in the production. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the Astros. Uh, being a Red Sox fan, you know, facing them in the playoffs past couple of years. Not last year. We sucked. Um but there's no denying the talent there in the production. He's off to a hot start for his career. Power is there, always has been. Contacts there. Like you said, not great fielding, but the bat more than makes up for it. I believe we're on the last picks, right? Yes, sir. And it is my second baseman. And, Ramey, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Do you like Jazz? Because that's who I'm going with here. <laughs> Jazz Chisholm is my second baseman. I'm expecting great things out of him. Man, if we were doing that, I could have put Mookie Betts at second base since he's going to play center field this year. Listen, Jazz Chisholm should be primarily a second baseman. Should be. And then they made their signings that made zero sense. But, I mean, Jazz said he's going to go out there and win a gold glove in center. We'll see how that goes. Uh but yeah, I, I don't mind that locking him in. I'm not going to throw a flag on you. He played second all last year. Um, he was one of the more exciting players in the league. Obviously, just got the cover of MLB The Show. He has a lot of pop, a lot of fielding, and a lot of pizzazz to him. He He's a very, very exciting player, and I think he's going to be really good for that Marlins organization. I think he's going to help them attract some other talent there to be able to help them compete. It's going to be tough to compete in the NL East with how good every single team in that division is but them, but I think he's going to help them for sure get closer to that. Yeah, he's great for the league too. I mean, he's he really connects with a lot of the young fans, and he's really out there, and I, I really love the guy. 
for being out there. Uh, does what he wants, has fun every single time he plays. My final pick here is my pitcher. I didn't have to really worry about locking one of them in even any earlier since you knocked out DeGrom right off the bat. I was really debating between Verlander and Alcantara. Uh, just both of them are workhorses like none other. But if we're just assuming this next year and we're just assuming health, I've got to go with Verlander. I'm locking in that pick. He not only is just going to be on an unbelievable team this next year, he had a sub two ERA last year. He has for just more than a decade now just been a workhorse that goes late into games. He's got the velocity. He's got the curveball working. He, I think, is one of the most true competitors that remains at the starting pitching position at this point. I think that he's going to go out there and win me a lot of games and go deep into the games as well. Yeah, uh, for the past 10 years, even more so, uh, he's been putting the league on fire when he was in Detroit, obviously in Houston. Uh, now he's in New York. Um, him I, and Kershaw were were kind of guys that have always been on fire. Kershaw kind of fell off a little. People don't realize how good he used to be too. But I mean, he's still going to be that sub three ERA kind of guy for you. But Verlander. Even in his old age, I, I respect that pick. I would have gone without Contra, but that's just me. That tandem in New York may be better than DeGrom and Scherzer just because, obviously, DeGrom was hurt a lot of the time. Uh, I don't think any tandem in the league, it's a one and two pitching combo, can beat what Verlander and Scherzer are going to be able to do this next year. Oh, no, not not uh, the other New York team. I don't think so. I think the other New York team has the, the best the best uh, rotation in the Yankees. Um, but as a one-two punch and who uh, what a pitching duo I would not want to face come playoff time, uh, definitely the Mets. I would not want to face them. You can bring those guys out of the bullpen. Uh, if you want to, you can start them games one and two. And then start them again, games, hell, four and drive if you wanted to, games five and six. I mean, they're old, but like you said, competitors, they will throw their arms out just to play. Absolutely. The Mets are going to be really, really good if they can stay healthy. But if they get to the playoffs, they're going to be a problem for whoever they face. You want to run through the teams real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Let's rerun through this team. I'd like to hear the losing team first, you know, give them, give them something to be excited about. Okay, okay, okay. So, obviously, just talked about him. We've got Verlander on the mound. Catching, we've got JT Realmuto. First base, we've got Paul Goldschmidt. Second, we've got Jose Altuve. Third base, we've got Nolan Arenado. Shortstop, we've got Trey Turner. My outfielders are Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, and Bryce Harper, with Jordan Alvarez doing my DH in. Yeah, that is a very scary lineup. Good defense. Uh, great pitching. Uh, you know they they fought the hard battle, and uh, you know they. It's sad to see that team lose with all those superstars, but that that's just what it comes down to when you come up and you face my team. And uh, facing off here, we got starting pitcher Degrom. Uh, at the backstop you have Adley Rushman. First base, it's going to Vladdy Jr. Second base, I have Jazz Chisholm. Third base, I have Jose Ramirez. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. 
It doesn't really matter where you put these guys, but my number one outfielder, Mike Trout, number two, Julio Rodriguez, number three, I got Acuna out there, and to finish it off, I have DH of Juan Soto. I think my biggest regret in this draft is not taking another outfielder sooner and letting you lock up Julio and Acuna out there. That kind of scares me a little bit. I think if I hit the ball on the ground, I'm going to have some advantages here because I don't think your defense is going to be able to back you up in the infield like mine can. Uh, But it's going to be really hard to touch the ball since DeGrom can throw 100-plus with a slider that goes mid-90s, and if he's healthy, which we're assuming, he's going to mow my lineup down for the most part. So I'm going to have to hit some bombs, and I think I can do it. I've got the home run king in my lineup. I've got the best lefty DH in the league for sure in my lineup. Uh, Maybe the second best overall hitter in baseball right there as well in Jordan. Uh, But it's going to be a tough matchup. It really will be. Yeah, absolutely. It for sure will be. I'm glad you let me go number one there because I ended up with Mike Trout and DeGrom, who were my number one and two choices. Yeah, letting you go first gave you a little bit of an advantage, but you know what? I still think my team's going to pull it out. Let's hear what the what the listeners have to say about that. Like we said, uh, shoot us a comment afterwards, reply to it, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know with the top of the top of the hour too what you think about the Andy Reid teams. Did we miss anybody? Did you think that one of the teams is just going to blow the other one out of the water? And then with the baseball picks, did we miss anyone that you guys think should have been in that top? Do you think my team's going to win? Do you think Adam's team is going to win? We love the feedback. And if you liked this, let us know what other kind of fun things that we can add into there. We're going to do more drafts. We're going to do some rankings lists. We'll do the overview for baseball coming in. We'll talk about the best free agents going into the NFL offseason. Just all sorts of fun stuff like that. We just want to entertain and would love any kind of feedback that you guys have for us. Again, if you want to follow us at Oblivious Sport on Twitter, We'll end up putting uh, links to the episodes on there as well. So if you want to find it on there, you can. You can also find it on anywhere you get podcasts. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Amazon, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, you're going to find us. But just shoot us a comment anywhere and let us know what you think. Yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate the following, the listening. Uh, Any kind of feedback you guys can give us, we're real small starting out just us right now. Um, we appreciate any of the feedback, really. Uh, let us know what you guys think, what you guys want to hear in the future. Um, if there's anything that you guys have questions, concerns, comments about, let us know. Reach out on any of our platforms. DM us. Uh, email us. It does not matter. You can get a hold of us either way. Uh, just let us know. We'd love to put out entertainment that you guys are going to listen to and enjoy. That's what we're here for. And with that, we will talk to you guys later this week. We'll go Super Bowl uh, expectations, our picks for it. It'll be a fun time. Yeah, it sure will be. Can't wait for you guys to listen and come enjoy sports with us.